0: Happy Yule to you, happy solstice, happy holidays. I'm Jason, this is the Witch With Books podcast. Today on a special edition, we'll be talking about the best books to read for Yule and about Yule. Before we start, it's worth noting that we really don't know a whole lot about ancient Yule celebrations. There's not even agreement on how long Yule was as a celebration. Did it start in mid-November? and end in mid-January? Was it a little bit shorter? Was it five days? Was it a week? No one is exactly sure. So when you read books about Yule, they often don't really have a whole lot of information about that particular holiday in the ancient world just because we really don't know. So one of the great things about Yule is there's a lot of stuff that happens in December, and a lot of it is very old and genuinely, actually, pagan, often from the Roman holidays of the Saturnalia and the January Calends. The Saturnalia was a three- or five-day festival, depending on who was emperor, and it was basically a celebration of food, drink, excess, and disrupting the social order. The January Calends were a celebration of the start of the month of January. The Romans celebrated the start of every month, and the Calends really kind of felt like an extension of Saturnalia. It was also also a time for gift-giving. A lot of the trappings of the holiday season that we're used to today, such as evergreen boughs and wreaths and ivy, those were a part of calends and Saturnalia celebrations. So we're going to talk quickly about some books to help you inspire your, your Yuletide season. The good folks at Llewellyn, have been publishing the little Eight Sabbath series, and it's been quite popular, and there's a reason for that. There's a lot of stuff in them. There's activities and things to do. The Yule book was written by Lisa Pesnecker, and it was is definitely one of the better books in that particular series. So if you're looking for some divination, some spells, some magic to practice, a little bit of history, crafts, recipes, and rituals... You really can't go wrong with the Little Book of Yule. All of the books are like that, but Yule, though, because of its long history within pagan practices, because of how much stuff is just done this time of year, there's a little bit extra in this particular book. The next book, also from Llewellyn, is one I'm quite personally attached to, and that's Llewellyn's Little Book of Yule. My name's Jason, my last name is Mankey, and I am the author of Llewellyn's Little Book of Yule. Instead of looking just at the Norse Yule and the modern pagan celebration of Yule, my book is a celebration of the entire holiday season with lots of boozy recipes, lots of history, and lots of weird stories about Christmas things like Christmas poopers and pooping Christmas logs, and even some holidays that used to be a big deal that occurred after the solstice and after Christmas into early January. Very proud of that book think that you might get something out of it if you're somebody who loves this entire season, and especially if you have to go to the fam- your family's house and they do Christmas and you really don't do Christmas or whatever else it is. A lot of things. Perennial bestseller this time of year is Linda Radish's The Old Magic of Christmas, Yuletide Traditions for the Darkest Days of the Year. What I really love about this book is it sort of looks at the alternative things during the holiday season. I'm someone who really loves the loud Roman Saturnalia type things. Let's go out. Let's have lots of twinkly lights. Let's have lots of wassail. Let's have a great old time. And the old magic of Christmas is more about, oh yeah, people used to tell ghost stories this particular time of year. Or be aware of creatures that maybe you don't want in your house this time of year. So there's a lot of traditions that are explored in this particular book. Yuletide used to be a lot different. It was, for some people, a very scary time of year. It was a time to celebrate abundance, because people had just slaughtered cattle, and and the grain had been turned into booze, and the grapes had been turned into wine, etc., etc. But the days were very short, the nights were very long, and... You know, if things went wrong, you were in deep, deep shit. So yeah, there was a little bit of spookiness attached to it. We tend to overlook those parts of the holiday today, but they are most certainly in the old magic of Christmas. Speaking about Christmas, wanted to talk about a few Christmas books, their histories of Christmas, and because Christmas has so much pagan stuff in it, stuff from pagan antiquity, but also folk traditions that really don't have a whole lot to do with Christianity. Reading some of these might be of interest to you if you really, really love the holidays. The first, the fastest to read, and somebody and a book that really loves the fact that a lot of this stuff is pagan, is Christmas, A Candid History by Bruce David Forbes. Bruce David Forbes has written several books about the history of American holidays, holidays celebrated in the United States. There's an anthology of which this is one part. You can also buy it as a standalone. I really enjoy Christmas A Candid History. It's fast and easy to read, and it does start with the early winter solstice celebrations and the Saturnalia. It's not particularly in-depth, but for most people this is about all you need. Something that's much, much more in-depth, and you'll find things out that will surprise you if you can get through the whole thing is Christmas in the Crosshairs, 2,000 Years of Denouncing and Defending the World's Most Celebrated Holiday by Jerry Bowler. I, as someone who loves the holiday season and has read a great deal about ancient yuletide celebrations and Saturnalias and all of that and its influence on modern day celebrations of Christmas, I I found out things in this book that I just didn't know. Even Christmas carols have precedent amongst old pagan Roman celebrations. And Balor lays it all out there, and he's not shy about it. There are some new ideas about why Christians celebrate Christmas on and the birth of Jesus on December 25th that are not necessarily related to pagan practices, though those people certainly adopted the trappings of pagan holidays on December 25th. And that is really spelled out in Baller's book. And it's different because you just don't see that in other spots, probably because this is a relatively recent book written in the last 10 years. So the scholarship is a little bit more up to date than some of the things that came before it. Another favorite of mine is called The Battle for Christmas by Stephen Nissenbaum. This came out in the mid-90s just dense and full of information. It's not really about the pagan precedents for Christmas. It's about how Christmas was celebrated, mostly beginning in the Middle Ages, and then going through the early modern period. And one of the things that Nissenbaum's book really makes clear is how much Christmas traditions have changed over the last 200 years for most of Christmas's lifetime. like as people have been celebrating this holiday, they've really celebrated it like the Saturnalia. Lots of heavy drinking, lots of good food, lots of doing things that you would not normally get away with at any other time of year, and oftentimes a lot of gambling. Uh, even in the Roman times, there were there were emperors who really looked down on gambling, but you could get away with it in December for whatever reason. And Nissenbaum spells all that out and he talks about how much a lot of people in authority in Christian nations despised Christmas because they knew it for what it was basically a pagan holiday glorifying enjoyment contentment happiness and a little bit of gluttony and he and he shows you sort of how the holiday has changed especially in the last 200 years moving from that More mob like, crazy Christmas party sort of atmosphere into something that is much more centered around hearth and home and children and gifts. A pretty dense read, but one that I really enjoyed. And if you really like this time of year, it's a book that I wholeheartedly recommend. Next book that I'm going to recommend is very hard to find. And I try not to recommend hard to find books, but I enjoy this book so much. And I'm just going to put it on my list anyways. It's something that I picked up when I was in the UK. It's called Wassailing by Colin Carter. I love the old traditions of the holiday season. Something like Wassailing goes back to the Roman Saturnalia and a way of doing things called misrule, where you would try to upset the social order during the December holidays. And that's what Wassailing is. And it's spelled out really well in this book. And it's more than just a history of wassailing. There's recipes in the book, traditional wassailing songs, and food that people would have eaten while wassailing. Today we think of wassailing as something more like people going Christmas carols and maybe drinking hot cider. But wassailing at one point was much, much more than that. It was poorer people going door to door to their rich neighbors and often exchanging bad booze for very good booze, or exchanging plays and songs for good booze and good food. As I said earlier, I think this is something that goes exactly right back to the Saturnalia. The book is also one of those beautiful full-color books, lots of pictures of wassailing traditions and individuals doing wassailing, and how the custom has really re-emerged in the United, in the United Kingdom over the last 50 years, and especially the last 20 years. Also, one of my favorite wassailing traditions is wassailing the apple trees, giving thanks for the apples that make delicious cider, which is a key ingredient in a lot of Wassel. This next book is going to appeal to a lot of you out there, and that's The Krampus and the Old Dark Christmas, Roots and Rebirth of the Folkloric Devil, by Al Ridenauer A lot of people talk about the Krampus today, and again, it's one of those things we just don't know as much about as we might like. It's something that often said, oh yeah, this goes back to pagan antiquity. No one is really sure if that's true or not. The Krampus shows up pretty late in the written record. You would think that if it had been a true pagan survival, it might have shown up before that. But also at the same time, it The Krampus doesn't really make a whole lot of sense within the context of a Christian Christmas. So where he comes from is sort of an open question, and Rittenauer tracks it down. He also goes and participates in some of the more traditional Krampus runs in remote villages in Austria. And those are really different than what we think of Krampus in the United States for the most part, which is maybe a helper to Santa Claus or this figure that goes around and tries to scare the children into good behavior. Krampus runs are many, many Krampuses at the same time, often invoking terror and giving people a little slap across the wrist. And it seems as if the groups that do the Krampus runs are fraternal orders, almost like something like the Masons and their big day is dressing up as Krampus and running through town, uh, trying to scare people and bring them, a little bit more terrifying Yuletide spirit. Another great book with lots and lots of illustrations, lots and lots of pictures of people dressed up as Krampus. The costumes that we usually see here in the United States tend to be plastic masks and fake fur. Not so in the traditional areas of Krampus run. The masks are all made out of wood. The fur is genuine animal fur. There's a lot of care taken in those costumes and Yeah, you can really see the craftsmanship in a lot of these pictures. Really great. Highly recommended. This book is pretty easy to get. I ordered my copy online at a website whose name I will not say. So those are my Yuletide books to read if you're looking for activities or you're looking for a little bit of history about this time of year. But i want to recommend two other things that are really not necessarily related to these others, but I just enjoy them quite a bit. And I really enjoy A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens. There's a lot going on in A Christmas Carol. Yeah, yeah, God bless us everyone, blah, blah, blah. But what really grabs me about A Christmas Carol is it is a ghost story. And Dickens says at the beginning of it, It's a ghost story. The full title includes that bit about it being a ghost story. It opens with the ghost of Jacob Marley, haunting Scrooge, telling him to be ready. And then we have the ghosts of Christmas past, present, and yet to come. It's not always a comforting tale. There is a dark side to Christmas. My favorite of the three Christmas spirits is the ghost of Christmas present, because to me that really truly is Dionysus. Even the original drawings that accompanied the first edition of the book, which were overseen by Charles Dickens himself, shows a very Bacchus-like figure. But there's also a second side to that figure. Though he's generous and full of merriment and mirth, there is a downside to the holidays when people don't have things, when there is want, when there is starvation, when there are those negative things. And You can be having the greatest holiday season of your life, but maybe your neighbors aren't. And it's something that we should take into account. And that's why charity is so important, this particular time of year and why people make such a big deal out of it. Of course, charity and thinking of others should be something we do 12 months out of the year and not just one. But I'm a huge fan of this book. It's the most adapted book in the history of books. There have been more plays, movies, radio shows, TV shows made from A Christmas Carol than any other work. And a lot of those get it right, really love A Muppet Christmas Carol, but there's detail that's lost in a lot of those translations or adaptations. Also, if you buy the Penguin version of A Christmas Carol, Penguin Books, it comes with several other short stories that Dickens wrote around the holiday season, and most of those are like A Christmas Carol in them in that there are elements of ghosts. And we don't really think of Dickens as that kind of writer. If you are someone who really does enjoy A Christmas Carol, you might like to read Les Standiford's The Man Who Invented Christmas, which details a lot of the things about A Christmas Carol that were absorbed in the greater holiday season. People often say that Dickens Resuscitated Christmas traditions, that they were dying before a Christmas carol, and that's not necessarily true, but he did stir up interest in the holiday, and it part of why it's such an overwhelming presence in our society today, it can probably be laid at the feet of a Christmas carol in Charles Dickens, along with poems like The Night Before Christmas, or A Visit from St. Nicholas, which is its actual specific name. So Yeah, those are my holiday recommended readings for this time of year. I think I've got you covered, whether it's a ritual, whether it's a little bit of folklore, whether it's a craft, or whether you're just looking for the perfect Saturnalia wine recipe, you're going to find it in these few books. Sorry that the shows are sporadic. If you are someone who enjoys listening to me talk about books and thinks, hey, you know what? I too could talk about books. Well. Let me know. I'm always searching for people who might want to co-host the show with me, do an episode here or there, and you can email me at panmankey at gmail.com, P-A-N-M-A-N-K-E-Y at gmail, and include Witch With Books Podcast in the subject line, and I'll get back to you. I hope you're having a happy Yuletide season. I hope the year has treated you well, and as always, happy reading.